Lord, we're just so grateful to be in your presence, whether that's here or with those that are watching. Lord, I just pray that your presence and your spirit just falls on this place and on everybody's homes as we bring our worship to you this morning, God. As we come here expectant for the things that you're going to do today.
Merciful Lord, grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolations. Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. We praise thee, we bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee. We give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, Heavenly King, God the Father Almighty. O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord, Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us, your servants, grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of eternal Trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory, O Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit live and reign, one God, forever and ever. This morning's first reading comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. The word of the Lord. Please stand for our psalm. This morning's psalm is Psalm 8. We'll read it responsibly by the half verse. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, what is man that you are mindful of him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. All sheep and oxen. The birds of the air, O Lord, our Lord, 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. second reading this morning is taken from the second letter of the Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 5, commencing. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable, though we may seem disqualified. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. And this also we pray that you may be made complete. Therefore I write these things being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness, according to the authority which the Lord has given me for edification and not for destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ according to St. Matthew. St. Matthew chapter 28 beginning in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you, Lord Christ. We have an excellent preacher this morning. Deacon Drew is going to bring the word. I know I've been talking to him about this word for some time, so I'm excited to hear it, and I know you will be too. So uh, let us say together, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
Before we begin, I want to acknowledge that our community and our nation is in the midst of a profound moment. And yet the church is called to stand apart in time and apart from the nations. We groan together like a woman in labor awaiting that glorious return when Christ will heal every bit of brokenness and bring us into eternal perfection and resurrection. And while I won't be addressing the problems of our nation directly, I want you to know that God hears the cry of the oppressed and the broken. And each and every one of you listening today, in person or over the airwaves, is loved by God. You matter to God. And He will neither leave you nor forsake you. Now let us open with prayer. O oh God, You have brought us together in this time and place. Help us in the midst of our struggles to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. My sermon today is going to be about education. Okay? If these last few months have taught us anything, it's that education doesn't reside in the four walls of a classroom. Okay? It's not confined to a single curriculum. It doesn't exist just in the physical realm. Education is more than that. Education occurs in every activity in which we engage our children. Okay? Education isn't limited to the K-12 through system we've created the last hundred years. The concept of public education is just as irrelevant as private education. We teach our children every single moment of the day. We teach them in how we live our lives. We teach them in how we spend time with them. We teach them in ways we don't even understand. But the church has a unique way of looking at education. We believe in Christian education. So today I want to explore the topic of Christian education and how it sets us apart from those who don't know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the first thing is, what is it? What is Christian education? Well, it starts at home. From the moment we are born, certain forces are at work influencing and developing who we are. Our inherited traits and tendencies come into conflict with the will of our parents and society, and we develop our unique and individual personalities. Well, education is the directing of that development in an ongoing process of improvement. We're always changing and developing, and our children are too. They're becoming individuals. And education is tailoring that development so that children can become better people. If you'll turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, second, oh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. 2 Timothy 3, beginning in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, 
so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. If education is the directing of our development toward improvement, then Christian education is the directing of our lives toward God's objectives for improvement. Timothy was instructed from childhood in the sacred writings so that he could have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ later. If it wasn't for those childhood teachings, he may never have known Christ. The Bible makes clear that that process starts at home. The book of Genesis chapter 18, the book of Genesis chapter 18 verse 19 says, No, for I have chosen him that he may charge his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. God chose Abraham so that he would charge his household to keep the way of the Lord. Fathers, you are the chief educator of your children. There's no substitute. We go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. Families, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you're all responsible for the educating of the children in your life. You have to direct them to the ways of the Lord. And that starts at home, with families involved in the lives of those children. You can't leave your children to their own devices constantly and expect them to know the will of the Lord. You just can't. You have to engage them. Scripture says those who have a good understanding will use your home as the foundation of your children's education. It starts at home, but it continues in the church. The New Testament makes very clear that the responsibilities of the church include edification. Edification is the improvement of a person both morally and intellectually. If we go to the book of Romans, chapter 12, book of Romans, chapter 12, beginning in verse 6. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The recognition of the gift of teaching here in the book of Romans assumes the necessity of teaching in our churches. Paul is explaining that we all have unique skills and abilities, but one of those is teaching. Christian education continues in the church, and the foundation of Christian education rests on trusting God our Father. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, Proverbs 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. God the Father guides us like teachers and mentors guide us in our life. Jesus, God's only begotten Son, is the Lord of truth. It says in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because Jesus is the truth, we can always rely on his holy word. And the Holy Spirit 
is the Spirit of truth. John chapter 14, verse 16. John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, because He abides with you, and He will be in you. Christian education imparts to its members the idea that all truth springs from a single source and therefore rests in harmony with all truth. Nothing can be true that conflicts with the message and statements of God in Scripture because they are given to us by God, upheld by the teachings of Christ and given to us internally through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Christian education starts at home and continues in the church, but it must follow all the way into the classroom. The means of achieving godliness doesn't end at home, and it doesn't stop at the doors of the church. It follows your students all the way into the classroom. In normal times, your child will spend more time with their teacher than they ever will with you at home. No amount of training then in the home or in church can contradict what they're getting in the classroom. You're not going to be able to overcome what they're getting taught by their teachers if you're not engaged in that classroom. And if you drop your kids off on Monday through Friday and think that's fine, someone else is in charge of their education, that's not scriptural. You're dead wrong. I don't care if it's a virtue-based charter school it says Christian in the name or as Catholic plaster on the side of the building, if you're not involved in that classroom, in your child's education, they're not getting scriptural Christian education. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verse 26. Matthew 20, verse 26. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. If you want your child to grow, not only in wisdom, but in character, you need to serve. Whatever parent-teacher association your school has for your children, you need to be involved. If they're in band, you should be a booster. If they play football, you should be at those games, some of those practices. You need to be there. I'm not telling you to smother your children and protect them from all the ills of the world, but I'm telling you to engage them and engage the people who are educating them because it's your responsibility to be there. That teacher has an obligation to your child, but the primary person responsible for their education is you. Jesus tells us to go the extra mile. So don't just ask how you can help. If little Janie or Johnny comes home and they have a bad report, I want you to march straight down to the school. And instead of getting in that teacher's face and asking them what the problem is, you say, what do I need to do to help my child succeed? What can I do to help you? That's the right attitude. So we know what Christian education is. But what is it supposed to do? Well... It's supposed to give our children an incarnational worldview. John chapter 1, verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
If we skip down to verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Christian education teaches students that God is present and active in their lives. They learn to hear the voice of God in the midst of life's challenges. God is there with them at all times. An incarnational worldview recognizes that there is no such thing as secular and sacred. Because all people come into being through Jesus Christ. And the sacred rests inside each and every one of us in the divine image that God has given us. There is no other in Christ. That is an incarnational worldview. The image of God is inside each and every one of us. And our children need to know that how we treat others is based upon that divine spark. Our lives are a series of small deaths and resurrections challenges, and successes. In union with Christ, we know that there is redemptive power in the suffering of our lives. God doesn't want us to suffer, but He can use it to help us and benefit us. Christian education drives us home again and again, giving our children the confidence that even in failure, there is hope. There is never despair in Christ. Christian education gives our children the foundation to know that there should be others there to help them in their time of need. Or they need to be there for others in their time of need. Christian education helps us see the divine in each other. It teaches us to experience God's presence through our relationship with family, friends, and teachers. The loving and supporting relationships that exist in Christian education help our children see how they are supposed to live and act in the community toward others. Since each and every one of us is created in the image of the divine, Christian education teaches us to celebrate each other's successes and to share the burden of grief that inevitably comes in life. We see our community as an extension of God's glory, and we teach our children that service to others is one of life's highest callings. Christian students learn that community is at the heart of who we are as a people. There are no strangers or enemies, because we have a responsibility to respond to the needs of others, because we are all made in the image of God. Christian education gives us an appreciation for discipline. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Romans 8, beginning in verse 28. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. Christ predestined those he called to conform to his image. And what is the image of Christ? Well, Christ was not only perfect and sinless, he was also complete in his approach to life. Christ was exposed to the great richness of his own tradition, cultural, religious, social. Scripture tells us again and again that He appreciated things like music, 
wine and society. His teachings time and again include references to literature, drama, and the social rituals of his people. Christian education uses redemptive discipline to cultivate an appreciation for those things in the lives of our students. Part of conforming to the image of Christ is to live your life for God, but doing so in such a way that you're part of the community around you. We conform to the image of Christ by giving up some of the sinful pleasures of the world, but we do so fully embracing the goodness of the world God has given us. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Christian education clarifies for the student that in Christ is eternal life, regardless of any failure or shortcoming. Students are challenged to be like Christ in their actions, not out of fear of punishment, but in celebration that Christ has restored them to new life. In Christ is the opportunity for a complete and fully satisfied life. And students are asked to examine their choices in light of the great commandment and the gospel of redemption. Christian education invites students to follow God knowing that no matter the failure, no matter the hardship, God is right there with them. Ultimately, Christian education is about orienting our entire life around Jesus Christ. We must help our children know That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You see, the Great Commission teaches us to make disciples and to obey what Christ has taught. Well, Jesus taught us the Great Commandment. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Mark 12, 28. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. It is in the home that we first learn to lay down our own desires in service of others. It is in church that we learn the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And it is in a school where we develop our whole person and become a member of the community around us. We help our children do these things so that Christ's purpose in their life can be fulfilled. Our mission is to make disciples and baptize them, teaching them to love God and to love their neighbor. Christian education is both that simple and that complicated. We are teaching our children to love God. We are teaching our children to love everyone around them. And we're teaching our children to love teaching others about Jesus Christ. That is Christian education. Amen. 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 Please stand and let's continue with the 
Nicene Creed. <laughs> we all know it. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbors with the peace of the Lord. Carefully. <laughs> We will do the offering. So, um, we have a few announcements today. I'm going to get some of the kind of basic ones out of the way real quick, but there's some really exciting ones, so just pay attention. It's really cool. We got the uh, rummage sale coming up. 
Uh, that's going to be on Saturday, June 27th. And between now and June 24th, you can bring uh, your donations for the rummage sale. Uh, there are volunteers needed as well. So see Phil and Kelly for details. Uh, we also, last week I forgot to announce, but we are still doing curbside communion. This is especially for anyone who is in the vulnerable populations as we're still adjusting to this time. Anybody who, uh, doesn't, hasn't been coming for the, the service but joining us online, we're very happy that you're joining us and we will be doing curbside communion throughout this time for anybody who wants to drive through. And that'll be from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Uh, after the service. And then the last, the most exciting announcements that I got for you guys today is we have some graduations. And we have some really impressive individuals on this list. So I'm going to just go through the list and then we can give them all a big round of applause. We have our eighth grade graduates, uh, Destiny Hamadani, Madeline Harris, Charlotte Johnson, and Robert Reed. So let's give them a hand. And then we have our high school graduates. We have Matthew House and Christina Powell. And then we have a college graduate, Rachel Overshelf, graduating from Chico State. And lastly, and this one's the one that really throws me for a loop, my friend from childhood, Laura, is no longer just Laura. She is Dr. Laura Leone, graduating from med school. But we've, we've seen all these graduations online, virtual, Zoom graduations. It's just the strangest thing. Uh, you know, I got a lot of sympathy for these these graduates, that they have put all this work and all this effort into it, and, and you know, they're, they're a YouTube video. <laughs> so uh, when you get a chance, congratulate them. They all earned and deserved all the acclamation for the work that they've done, every level, and I'm very proud of all, all of the graduates this year. Amen. Amen. And I will just mention that we are still doing things online. We're still figuring out how we're doing our gatherings. So just pay attention uh, and talk to your home group leader if you have any questions. If you don't have a home group leader, talk to any of us. We'd love to get you plugged into those. They're awesome gatherings. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together. Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. For with your only begotten Son and the Holy Spirit, you are one God, one Lord, All that you reveal of your glory, the same we believe of the Son and of the Holy Spirit without any difference or inequality. We, your holy church, acclaim you, Father of majesty unbounded, your true and only Son, worthy of all worship, 
and the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. Three persons we adore, one in being and equal in majesty. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven we proclaim your glory and join an unending hymn of praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. Gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Olivia, Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonia, Sandra, Maria, Karen, Father David and Darcy, Tammy, the Rich family, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. The names of the people that you're praying for, you can now add. Draw hard to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah! Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. 
Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
share with everyone today um, because God's been speaking to me and for my family and the places where I work. He's been speaking to me really strongly. And I feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit was mentioned multiple times in this service today. And the connection that we have with him is so important in our lives. But I feel like what he's saying to me right now is that he wants to have that connection. That connection is really close right now. Um, So I want to just encourage everyone in here to reach out in your prayer life. Because every time I've done it recently, it's like, boom, right there. And when I get worried and need an answer, I get it, like, quick. So I just want to encourage everybody. The Holy Spirit is with you, and he's speaking, and he's speaking very clear. Amen? Amen. I want to add and encourage that, uh, you know, it's, it seems like the world's going crazy right now. But I've been so encouraged, I believe, by the Holy Spirit, just how much God is involved in bringing all this thing. His hand is in all this. And he's doing this to advance his kingdom. And you can be confident and you can be secure in that. And that's, I, I think that that's a part of what you're saying, is listen carefully to hear what it is that God's doing. Because it's more than what you see and it's more than what you're being told. God's at work in the world today and he's at work in your life right now. So listen carefully. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now to the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel, that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for, now and forever. Amen. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.